0: The creators who brought you RuPaul's Paul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonder's Wow Report. Things that make us go wow.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Wow Report on Radio Andy, where we count down the top 10 things that made us go wow. And I'm Fenna Bailey, co founder of World of Wonder, joined uh, this week with the lovely James St. James. Woo, uh, that's me! Editor of the Wow Report. And standing in for the legendary Tom Campbell, the incredible Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Hi, thanks for having me back. What shall I say about you? You're an actor, you're a writer, <laughs> you're <Yeah. It's> also <laughs> one of the judges of Canada's drag race, which is just crap. No. A I welcome. am and now that and,
2: and thank you so much. Now that I'm seeing y'all snatching up more and more Emmys, once again, RuPaul's just drag race is just cleaning it up. I'm hoping that Canada's drag race can get in there next year. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> we to be up for a Hold Juno up. Award. Isn't that what they, their televisions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Juno. It's like the Canadian Grammys.
1: There you Who go. Knows? You yeah. <laughs> well, Leap right in at number 10. Number 10. Something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. And Jeffrey, I know you are burning to talk about this. Yes. The Vow. T- t- number 10. The Vow. Just take it away.
2: Oh my gosh. I am so obsessed with this series. So it is a, I believe it's a six part docu-series on HBO Max. The first four episodes of, oh, it's nine?
1: Nine hours.
2: Oh, chow! We got a whole bunch more story to get into then because the first four episodes have aired and I am hooked. It is about a Company and I use the word loosely with sarcastic quotation marks. Named Nexium, and within that company, there's many different tiers and levels and programs. And the main program is called ESP or Human Potential. And essentially, uh, it was it was founded by a man named Keith Rainier, who's a brilliant genius on paper. And the entire premise of it is that it's a it's about ethics. It's about human potential and uh, going past all of your fears and self-imposed blocks and be Becoming the best version of you that you can become.
3: No, wait, hold on. But it's actually a sex cult,
2: isn't that, it? But, but doesn't it sound great when you when you lay it out like I well, just Well, so does Nazism
3: <laughs> when you lay you, okay. it out right. I mean, so is you know, Satanism.
2: Um, it's, insane. it's insane. So with, within within this organization, that turns out yes to be a cult, there's a, there's a different there's a separate secret society made strictly of women, and they have a whole system called DOS, which is dominant over submissive, and they have a whole master slave type deal set up. So it's all women. In 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 dominant master roles, and under each of those women, they each have ten slaves, and they brand their slaves, and they and they have to have.
3: This is the one that Allison Mack from Smallville. She was Chloe on Smallville, and she's the one who is in charge of it all, and she's like the whip mistress, the dominatrix of in charge of everything, right?
2: Correct, and the reason why it speaks so you know cl- so dearly to my heart is because I was actually invited into Nexium. They have no. different branches. Yes, not into DOS, obviously, because I you know I I, did, I didn't fit the, the, the bill. Um, but uh, they they have different branches in New York and Vancouver, and I lived in Vancouver for many years working on different shows, and I knew some of the members of Nexium, Allison Mack and Kristen Crook. Wait, you know and Allison? Uh huh. You know Tom Welling? Uh, I've met Tom, yes. But okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, but Allie and I have spent quite some time together. No. I had no idea, yeah, I had no idea that all of this was going on. You know, it was one of those programs where so many Vancouver actors were involved in this program, and it sounds great. It sounds like, you know, like your life is a mess. You have no idea what you're doing in your 20s. Come it into this program like and we will- It sounds
3: like is what it sounds like.
2: It does, but the thing about cults, James, St. James, is that- for the most part, so much of what they have to offer you, it sounds practical and it sounds like very yeah. applicable, right? Like it's- you know
1: what it is. So being lost in your twenties. I came to New York in my twenties. I did something called est. Um, the but, yes, was the one where you pee your pants. hard. The thing where you weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. I'm I'm disappointed to report there was no sex culty bits. Um, <laughs> or was there? <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> missed out. But it. But but Jeffrey, yes. Lots of practical life hacks. I mean, mm. I mean it's it, the way it starts out. The first episode is all this philosophy and what's in your way, and attachment, and upsets, and all that kind of just do it philosophy that was so central to the '80s and '90s of self-improvement. It's it's, it's like, what can be wrong with this?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And when you have all of your friends jumping on board, it just seems like the thing to do. But it is a tiered system where you have to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars for each new step to you know to progress further and further and further. It was something that was that seemed very obviously culty to me at that age, although I could see people you know improving certain aspects and areas of their life. It was something that also something just seemed off about it. So it's nothing that I ever engaged in personally, but I know a ton of people who have. And, you know, the thing about cults is that they, you know, it's like the telltale signs is when they want to, they try to break you down and rebuild you in their image. I feel like that's, it's something that occurs all over the place. There's cult if you open your eyes and look around, there's cults all over Los Angeles, acting classes and, you know, philosophy classes and things like that. It's, it's and a bizarre world.
3: And Scientologists and Absolutely. Uh, the cult I of um, uh, drag race. I would yes. put that in there.
1: <laughs> and... and uh, Trump Christianity. I mean, because one of the keys of cults is that you need to evangelize, you need to proselytize, you need to get more paying people in. It's a multi-level, it's like a Tupperware party. But it's
3: like World of Wonder as well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, to, so, to, so to wrap it up, it's a, a
2: nine-episode series. Four episodes are uh, have aired so far. It's brilliant. Uh, it stars Sarah Edmondson, an actress who was a part of the cult and in the DOS slave master system. And it's an exposé. She completely lays it all out: her experience, the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's the story of her trying to take this system down. It's fascinating. Highly recommended. HBO Max.
1: Yes, and they release a new episode every week on Sunday evenings. James, I dare you to top that with number nine.
0: Number
2: nine. <laughs> yeah, me, James. Me.
3: I wanted to talk about the biggest story of the week. Obviously, uh, Chris Evans and his accidental peen pick, the dick pic that was uh released. He was with some friends and they were doing an Instagram story. And um as the story ended his picture, his, the grid popped up from his pictures. And on it was an erect penis that was his. And he saw his face, immediately realized what he had done. And he took it down. But of course, it was the internet and a million pictures. <coughs> in 10 minutes, it was went around the world 100 times. Everybody was commenting on it. And the fallout from it is sort of what I want to talk about because it's so interesting that Chris Evans is so beloved by the industry, by the media, by his peers and by his fans that the fans immediately came to his defense and said, look, he suffers from anxiety. This is something that deeply embarrasses him. And we're going to do what we can to scrub Twitter of this image. And so they took down as many as they could. It became very hard to find within a matter of a couple hours. And they started flooding the market, flooding Twitter with images of him with a puppy. And so when you put Chris Evans in, all you get now are pictures of him with a puppy. And it becomes harder and harder to find. And it's one of those things where five years ago, that would not have been the case. And five years ago... It would not have been. It would have been like a scandal for a man to have his penis, you know, a, a peen picture out there. And it, I was thinking it wasn't until Justin Bieber did it. Remember Orlando Bloom? The same Orlando as Bloom. Bieber. Yes. And then, if you recall, we did an episode on Teen Wolf where one of the boys' picture was was leaked, and so the entire cast immediately put masturbating videos up in solidarity. And so all the hot guys on Teen Wolf. Made Norm help normalize no they didn't videos on on Twitter and um I think Chris handled it very well he um after a beat where he realized not a beat but after (laughs) after a moment he realized he
1: he came to his
3: senses (laughs) and he he said he tweeted now that I have your attention and then he said vote November third and so he tried to you know turn it around and he went on Tamron Hall and Good Morning America. And did the same thing and i just think it's sort of an interesting i just think it's fascinating that you know in the past it ruined it ruined careers and you think of like sylvester stallone pre-rocky when he did the italian stallion he had a porn and he almost didn't ever got rocky because of it it was good you know it was going to take him down you had like jan michael vincent and sam jones flash gordon remember it and that almost did, they weren't going to release flash gordon because of it Um, I mean, like, it was something that was very scandalous, and nowadays it's just not scandalous at all because everyone has naked pictures of themselves on their um, phone, and I imagine the three of us here, the four of us here, probably
0: have stories as well. Well, even more, um, (laughs) I I think it's awesome that um, men are finally – you know, like when you talk about like what happened to
3: Jennifer Lawrence and things like that, and it was a, a very yeah. negative experience for. Her, but and but nowadays, it's like it's it's everybody has it, and it's not a big but, deal for anybody. But not even that. Like in
0: films, like you get to see boobs all the time and stuff. You never see men naked.
3: No, actually, um, uh, the my the boys in the first episode of the boys.
0: It's, well, um, until recently, now, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So my question is: How are we so sure that it was actually Chris Chris's penis? Like, because if it's just well, first all, it,
0: was, it was the
3: look on his face when he saw what it was happening, and then immediately he took it down and uh, sort of acknowledged what was happening. And
1: okay, the way James, you say Chris, you know, Chris has handled this well, like your friends, like because he's seen his penis. <laughs> well, I I, I'm very <laughs> intimate with him now. Let's just say <laughs> I know
3: all about Chris Evans.
2: <clears throat> that's uh, well, might be him. We're speechless. Well, lucky him that he, has such, that he has such a has such a supportive fan base. That they would it do, is, the, it is, do it is, the due diligence of, of scrubbing it's, Twitter. It's yes, right. it is. I, yeah. I need to tap into that fan base. <laughs> well, have it, isn't his brother gay? And we've seen his being pick
0: before. Oh, we've seen his being picked many times.
3: Yes, his brother. We, we, we've we've gone up his butthole. We've we, who's we've, his we've seen a lot of times with with the other Evans boy.
2: Who is Chris close. Evans' brother?
3: He was on One Life to Live. He was the first gay sex scene on soap operas. Luke Evans, 2016, 2017, like that. What's his name? Is it Luke Evans? No, that's someone else.
2: Hmm. There's too many. There's too many blandly handsome white boys wow. named Chris in Hollywood. There's just well, a Hollywood, dime a dozen.
3: I mean, there there the, the the hot Chris's. There's Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris um, uh, what's the other one? Pine. Chris Pine from Wonder Woman, and then mm-hmm. there's else, Chris Pratt that we hate now. So I mean,
2: why? I'm sorry. Why do we hate him now?
3: He's all evangelical and anti-gay and weird and Christian. And
2: oh, I didn't know that. That's a shame. Yeah.
3: His yeah. brother's name is
0: Scott Evans.
3: Scott Evans, yes.
2: Well, well, now that Chris Pratt is out, that leaves room for one more blandly handsome white dude named Chris to come in and take his place. There we go. <laughs> we need we need five Denzels. We need five Denzels in Hollywood. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm
3: nominating Chris Messina because I love him, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I was going to say, you know, we'll post a picture on The Wow Report, but I guess we won't. (laughs) Yeah, we'll post a picture of Chris with a a puppy. With a puppy. All right. Okay. The puppy episode. Right. Moving on. Number eight. Number eight. Um, I was going to talk about Cuties. Have you heard about this film? Um, Netflix original. It's about a group of 11-year-old French girls, and they're sort of taking these risque moves from music videos. And of course the right wing with their obsession with pedophiles are up in arms about it saying it's pro pedophilia and child pornography, none of which it is. It's really much more a critique of, you know, the sexualization, speaking of James, the sexualization of society. I was going to talk about that. And maybe there is a time to talk about that, but kind of like, where does this come from? This sort of sexualization, this infantilization and right on time, on my Instagram live stream feed, up pops that evening, Madonna um, announcing that she is writing the screenplay of right. her life and directing it. And she's doing a live stream with Diablo Cody, who yeah. wrote Juno. And it is the most extraordinary hour of performative nonsense self-involved narcissism you will ever see in your life. And it does show how much people still care about Madonna because, you know, I'm out there posting about Trump every day on Facebook and I get a few comments. Oh my God, I just said a couple of things and you think I'd like set fire to the fucking vatican
3: you seem to be the only one that's obsessed with madonna you and matthew redmond are the only people on the planet who still talk about her with any regularity
1: <laughs> matthew came for me and said how dare you i know you've always hated her and <coughs> I, I've always hated her. I have a com- i have a love hate relationship with her but this is you've got to watch this video we will post the link to it she is so mean yeah, Diablo Cody all yeah. The way through. and diablo's like not quite knowing how to go along with it, it is awkwardness personified. But Michelle- Diablo <laughs>
3: realizes that there's a, there's a giant paycheck involved here, and that's I have a feeling they're going to try and break it into a nine part uh, HBO Max <laughs> series, so that you have the the 1984 days, you have the Evita days, you have the the sex tape. I would kind of. I
0: think I would be into that.
2: Well, that was the fascinating. That was the fascinating part because through the course of the live stream, they were actually physically writing the script and talking about all of the different chapters that they'll be hitting in the biopic.
1: Yes, but like not really writing anything. You know? <laughs> Grabbing the computer and saying, "I like to be in the driver's seat." And then wanted to know how you spell "sensitive" and said yeah. trilogy. I know it's three films, right? I mean, she is so brittle and defensive that she can only breathe by putting people down. And that's why I thought, you yeah. know, like Trump, so completely so involved. The only way she can exist is to negate whoever's around her and critique other Michelle Visage was in the room commenting. And at one point Madonna notices Michelle getting all these comments. And is like, who's Michelle Visage? It's not fair. She's getting more comments than I am.
2: <laughs> that's incredible.
1: I, 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 Stand
3: by the fact. I've always believed that the people who become the biggest legends on the planet are the biggest narcissists. And there's something about like the idea of Elizabeth Taylor. It sounds like it'd be fun to hang out with her, but she's probably a screeching, <laughs> self-involved, nasty bit of of work.
0: And James, <laughs> James, what? you didn't hear? You didn't hear what Elizabeth Taylor? God, <laughs> but like a J Lo.
2: And so right. I, think, I think you have to have a little bit I think you have to have a little bit of a screw loose to want to have that level of fame but Joan yeah. Collins I did work with on American Horror Story and she was just so lovely and divine well, I, 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 know, I, will,
3: I was just trying to think of yeah. somebody who has is, is reached that level of, of fame
2: I, I will my, say whatever, whatever right. Madonna's doing whatever Madonna's doing with her skin like let me know because damn that bitch looked good she looked
1: good honey uh, one, looked but, good. Uh, one other question so they're pretending to write a scene and the scene in the movie that pretending to write is when Madonna meets up with her sister. So it just sp- speaks to my point that in Madonna's world, there are only iterations of Madonna. And she <laughs> says to her sister, hi, how are you doing? And Madonna's like, mm, no, I would never say anything like, hi, how are you doing? I'd say something far more interesting than that. And- <laughs> it's well, a-
3: oh. also though, to, to, her, to her credit, how would you write your own? I mean, when you write your own story, don't you give yourself the best lines and and, and make yourself be the most fabulous person in, in any way? No, de- I
1: gave them all to you, James.
3: Uh, I know that I've been guilty of that on occasion.
1: Right? And then I loved a question came up like, "What did she think of prose?" And she was like, "It's hard for me to like something I lived." Yeah.
3: No, but I say that too. I can't watch Pose. I was there. I I don't. I, I I'm. Too Madonna
1: mad. really wasn't there. What? Right. Exactly. She, she not live it. She just stole she, it for right. I was I was I was
2: I was okay with the level of shade she was serving until she came for Sarah Jessica Parker and her shoe her shoe design collection, and that's when it. That's when I was.
3: just... <laughs> that that was the breaking point, right? Yeah. shoes <laughs> <Yeah,
1: laughs> right. got attacked again and again and again and. Yes. I
3: like Sarah's shoes. I like Katy Perry's shoe line. And just well,
2: Diab-
1: Diablo Cody
2: was wearing the shoes at the time, so it was just another reason for Madonna oh, to get in there. And
1: while it's happening, they in L. A. By the way, and 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 at one point Diablo says, "You know, L. A. is on fire." By the way, and it's just a, a perfect picture of hell. Yeah, you know, we're in the fires of hell, and over there in the corner will be Madonna writing her screenplay about <laughs> her. <home>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait for the movie. That's all I got to say. It's going to be amazing.
2: Yeah. Well, the Facebook Live was good enough for me. Thank you for sending that to me, Vincent. It made my day. Thank
1: you for watching. Yes. <laughs> oh, the
3: thing, like The person who should play young Madonna in the 80s would be Paris Jackson. And how brilliant would that be? How fabulous.
1: Yes. Be awesome. Right, I, 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 the, my one regret is that she, Madonna, is not going to play Madonna. Because I think it should be written by Madonna, directed by Madonna, and starring Madonna as Madonna. Well, yeah.
3: and then you get the Betty Davis thing, where she's like seventy years old playing a teenager and right. you're just talking like this, and she's I, like, I, you know, "That would be I, that would be fabulous."
1: I so, think, I think that, whatever happened to Baby Jane? I, thought yeah. I
2: think I, th- I personally think that Paris Jackson should should hold off until the Michelle Visage biopic. Ah, you know. <laughs>
3: also i if, if you you might you probably remember there was a very very famous mtv ad that david la chapelle did and it was old madonna and old courtney love doing whatever happened to baby jane mm-hmm. you remember that did you
0: ever mm-hmm. see that yes just shut up i we think i just saw it recently i'll post it okay
1: all right wow well, presents plus show god save the queens now streaming um, follow the Queens of Ruble's Drag Race UK on their official Drag Race UK tour six days after the finale Ad That's at wowpresentsplus.com. Um, Blake, have you got a question before we go to break?
0: I do. It's about the Emmys. Um, the first Emmys were in 1949, right down the street from Wow headquarters at the Hollywood Athletic Club. How many categories were at the first Emmys in 1949? And how many categories are there this year?
1: Oh, you're listening to WoW Report at Radio Andy. We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders, WoW Report. Things that make us go WoW. And welcome back. I'm Fenton Bailey here with Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, our special guest standing in for Tom Campbell. Hi. The irrepressible James St. James. And Blake with our answer to the question before the break.
0: Yeah, I asked. The first Emmy Awards were held in 1949. How many, no, how many awards were handed out that night? And how many awards will be handed out in 2020? Well, I'm going to say there was probably
3: Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Comic, Best TV Show, and like Best Director.
0: There was probably like four or five. I'll say six.
2: My okay. guess was 12.
0: Okay. There were six at the first one. Oh, wow! Well, there um, you go. How many are there now? Six, six, six.
2: (laughs) 47.
0: 123. You're close. 120. Wow. (laughs) And that leads right into my number seven.
3: Number seven.
0: I was going to talk about how World of Wonder has won four of those Emmys. So far, yes. This week, yeah. So far, we've won. Yeah, I wanted to name all the people. We got outstanding picture editing, Jamie Martin, Michael Rohall, Paul Cross, Michael Days, and Ryan Malik For outstanding hair, we have Curtis Foreman and Ryan Randall.
3: Love Curtis, yes, and love Ryan. Yeah, you can check him out
0: on uh,
3: Transformations with James St. James. Yes, we did. We, we did very, very, years and years ago, we did a, a transformation with Curtis, and he was so funny, and I think that's what Joel and uh, Rue maybe
0: saw maybe you did a couple with them i think yeah i did mm-hmm. um also outstanding contemporary makeup we have natasha marcelina david protrusion aka raven jen uh-huh. Ferroza, and nicole yeah yes, Jen
3: is, is my is my sister i love jen so much love life itself her, i love jen, her, her jen too. amazing family on the planet really good good people
2: She's incredible. Um, she always she always beats your face. And she has this like incredible airbrush that she uses on my face when she does my mug yes. as well. She's she's extraordinary.
0: Yes. And then so, the fourth congratulations. one Yes, the fourth one we've won so far is outstanding casting for a reality program with Goloka Balti and Ethan Peterson. I don't know either of them.
1: Congratulations, they're amazing, too. We've done many, many shows with them, casting. I should get a visual aid. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, gra- grab one of your Emmys, Fenton. Please. I was watching on YouTube, yay. Yes, <laughs> yes. congratulations. Tomorrow,
0: tomorrow, we're going to find out if Rue wins for Outstanding Hosts. That's Saturday night.
1: That would be setting a record if he wins. Right,
0: and also wins. we'll find out if Untucked won for Outstanding Hosts reality program and then wait, Sunday wait. night at the main primetime Emmys we'll find out if we won outstanding competition program again
3: what is is he tied with Carol Burnett or Ellen DeGeneres or, or Mark Bur- you know or uh,
0: probably Jeff, Jeff, Probst. Jeff Probst. Probst probably okay yeah so I didn't know before this that um the Emmys were kind of like Coachella four nights over two weekends. Did, is that
2: new? They're usually, I, I think they're just usually two, uh, one night over the two weekends. Isn't that like two nights over the course of two weekends? I don't think it's yeah, normally
0: four. So, yeah. This weekend is what Tom likes to call the schmimmies. Not because yeah. they're not as important, but just because there's not as much fanfare behind it. But
1: mm-hmm. um, I tell you, there's Emmys everywhere. Then there's the international news Emmys and the, 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 the you know... Daytime Emmys, the local news Emmys. Mm -hmm.
0: so tune in on sunday to see if we take home the big prize
1: thank you all right let's move on to number six number six
3: number six um on netflix i watched uh the babysitter killer queens which is the sequel to the 2017 uh, movie, uh, the Babysitter, and I don't know if we talked about it then. Is probably the best movie Netflix has ever done. It's a slasher film by McGee, who is the guy who did Charlie's Angels and a bunch of movie, you know, uh, music videos and things. Um, It is about the the babysitter was this young kid and he has a crush on his babysitter and she um, she's babysitting. And one night she brings her boyfriend over and he sneaks out of bed and he's watching them to see what, what they're doing. And it turns out that she's part of a satanic um, uh, cult and they're, they're trying to kill the kid to use him for a blood ritual. And, um, is Bella Thorne and Robbie Amell, who is Stephen Amell's brother, and Robbie Amell doesn't wear a shirt the entire uh, the entire movie. Just he's just walking around for no reason, shirtless, which I love. And at the end, he the boy kills everybody and ends up you know surviving. And so this in the sequel is two years later. He's in high school. He's really cute now. He's had a bit of a glow up, and um, he's sort of like the, the the nerdy kid at school, and everybody nobody believes them about what happened, and. So he gets invited to a lake house with his friends, which is never a good thing in a horror film. And he goes to the lake house, and it turns out all his friends are in the same satanic uh, cult. And so they're trying, so they try and kill him again. And he has to survive until sundown. And if he makes it sundown, <clears throat> they all evaporate. And so eventually, uh, the, he. he they end up all killing each other again. And then they bring back all the dead people from before. So it's Robbie Amell without a shirt on again for the entire movie. And it's just, um, it's really fantastic. And it's fun. I
0: was wondering <laughs> if Bella Thorne was going to be in this one.
3: Bella Thorne is in it and she is hysterical. She's she, she really has like a star quality to her. Well, um, she just broke the internet, right? Or only yeah. the first day on, um, uh, was it, TikTok, no.
0: OnlyFans.
3: OnlyFans. Yeah, she joined OnlyFans, and on the first day she earned a million dollars, and in the first week she got two million dollars, and yeah, so she um she's, she's got but that. that's not a good thing because of no. the markers on there.
2: It's so well, problematic.
3: What happened was she started lying about her pictures, saying they were going to be nudes, and they weren't, and so all the sex workers were furious with her for making money without having to
0: show anything. So it was well, a And for driving the price up so much. Yeah.
2: For, yeah, that's true. And driving but, all of the users and audience over to her as opposed to giving money to where you know, sex workers actually need it. And Chris Evans is giving it
0: away for free. Oh, uh,
3: yes. I, it, 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 it's, it's all a big, complicated Gordian Gordinian knot.
0: I'm sure us as gay men could find a lot of people that would pay for more content from Chris Evans. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, the babysitter, Killer Queen,
3: I have no reason why it's called Killer Queen because there's no queens in it. There's no, they just thought it was a fun name, I guess. And like I said, the cartoon, the the violence is all very cartoony and fun and people's limbs are getting chopped off and their heads are chopped off. And it's, it's, it's just, it's a very, it's, it's more fun than you can shake a stick at. And it's the perfect Halloween uh, uh, diversion.
1: Well, let me bring it down then. Uh, and number five, number five, social dilemma. Have you have you heard about this? The new um, I was going to say, oh, shit. It is a Netflix doc, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Orlowski, who directed Chasing Ice and then Chasing Coral, which is about melding of the ice caps and the leaching of the coral, he's now turned his gaze on social media, and it is a slightly dark somewhat terrifying look at social media as a drug that is destroying us all. Isn't that,
3: a little facile? Isn't that something that we've that has been said for about 20 years now and like I, I mean where where do it's, you really go after you say social media bad? I mean it's, it, it's,
2: it's worth repeating James it's worth repeating.
1: Well, <laughs> just say it for the next 90 minutes. I mean there's mm-hmm. some great points actually. One is, you know, oh, well, there's this great moment where they talk about how um, th- there's only two areas where um, people talk about users. One is illegal drug pushers, drug dealers, and the other is social media users. And, uh, and the idea being that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea that we, this, is, this is monetizing human futures, it's t- turning our attention into I could just see that cynical look on your face too. What, what, what,
3: what, what is new about that? We, I mean, the, the idea that we've lost our attention span. I, 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 I just don't see any, like, you know, it's, it's been done, right? What is he, does he bring to the table here?
1: I, well, it is true, but if I was watching it with Nolan and Billy and, I was so all I wanted to do was whip out my phone and check my Facebook or check my Instagram, (laughs) but because of the film, I just felt I couldn't, and I had to be a good parent and just sit there. Sort of. Can can you watch anything?
3: Can you watch any TV movie or any TV show without doing checking your Twitter every five minutes?
1: You
2: need to. You need to see this film, James. It's so interesting. It, it goes so much further beyond just how it's uh, destroying our, our our attention span, but how it's like really destroying the social fabric of society. It, sh- it discusses how um, artificial intelligence that is social media is so far beyond our own understanding or anyone's understanding who was responsible for creating it in the first place, how it's evolved at such an extraordinary rate, but we as humans have not evolved to, ca- to catch up with it. So it's already smarter than we are. And the, the programmers who are in charge of it, don't even, they're not even in control of it themselves because what the AI chooses to show them is what it chooses to show them selectively. So they don't even have access to all of our data that has been collected and harvested over the past 10 years.
1: James, remember the 2008 financial collapse because all these mortgages, these products, these financial instruments, no one knew what their value was. They were just making them. It's a little like that. It's out of control. No one has any real idea. Um, There is one one sort of bone I want to pick with it. There's one point where someone says, you know, it wasn't like when the bicycle came along, people were outraged. Well,
3: that's what I was just going to say.
1: People were outraged when the bicycle came along. Because it gave women mobility, and for the first time, women were going from village to village, and it was seen as incredibly subversive, and incredibly dangerous spread of. Uh, there was a the documentary called "Ideals on Wheels," um,
3: but, but I mean, you know, the, that was when for women first wore pants because they, they that was they they were on the bicycle, and you know, but you think that. The the invention of the radio, the invention of of TV, you know, rock and roll. Like there have been things that have been going to take down society for, you know, a hundred years now. And society always seems to survive. But
2: how how do you think we're doing, James, as a society?
3: (laughs) Well, it's true that that we have been devolving at a a rapid rate, uh, at an accelerated rate over the last four years. But um, the
1: last four months. I mean, here we are. We haven't even <laughs> seen each other. We've been sucked into the matrix. We haven't even had a physical interaction. Mm-hmm. Well, I
3: and I and I do believe that the AI thing is is going to be increasingly a problem, and that the five g is a problem, and that uh, you know, I mean, like I, there there are a lot of things that uh, you yeah, know, and that we are living in a simulation, and the matrix is is going to eat us.
1: I thought it was really interesting the way it talked about the idea that it sees this polarization and this radicalization as, uh, as a sort of consequence of social media that people. Mm-hmm. Are, uh, I I can't really retrace the steps that the documentary makes, but I I remember watching it thinking shit yeah this is pretty true you know this is pretty well, scary stuff.
2: Yeah, the part that was so fascinating to me was that it just really lays out how we are all living in our own individualized realities, because yes. what is laid out to us on social media or on Google, what I see is not what you see, James or Blake or Fenton. So that is what is real to me. And if you have no reference beyond that, then of course it's going to cause conflict and you know dilemma and drama between us as human beings, because my, what is true for me is not true for you. There well, is no when the truth is so muddy, it's so hard to have any foundation of reality.
0: And just imagine what Madonna says. <laughs> well, the the
3: bubbleization of of the world is something that I I argue with my um, niece all the time, and I talk about how you know in my day, back when I was younger, how we had. <laughs> You know, three channels and top the top forty, and everybody had the same context. And every you could go into a room and talk to anybody about what you saw on television the night before. What's number one? Blah 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 blah. And now I what my what what she watches and what I watch and what she the what she listens to. we can't talk to each other because there's just there there's three thousand channels and a hundred thousand bands, and like everybody has their own reality, and everybody gets their news, and you just. You, you, have, your point of view is shaped by the by the type of news
1: that you get. Correct. Speaking of three thousand billion channels, the first episode of Drag Race Holland is on Wow Presents Plus. That is a channel that you need. Um, Very good, Fenton.
2: Good. <laughs> yes,
1: better at this job, right? Um, <laughs> wow Presents <laughs> Plus, that's only three ninety nine, less than the price of a latte. We'll be right back after the break. Blake, have you got a question?
0: Yep, it's another Emmy question.
1: Only four
0: reality programs have won the Emmy for Outstanding Competition Program. Us, as RuPaul's Drag Race, and what are the other three?
1: All right. We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy.
0: You're listening to World of Wonders' Wow Report. Things that make us go wow.
1: And welcome back to the Wire WOW Report. I'm Fenson here with James St. James, Blake, and our very super-duper special guest, Jeffrey bojo Chapman. You have a movie out, Jeffrey. We're going to get to that, right? We're going to That, I think, is our number one this week. I shouldn't review all, but that's our number one, and we'll talk about that in a second. So exciting. I know. Let's get the answer to... The trivia question. Mm.
0: I, uh, it's another one about the Emmys. I asked, only four reality programs so far have won the Emmy for Outstanding Competition Program. One is RuPaul's Drag Race. What are the other three? The Amazing Race, Uh uh, Survivor, and The Voice. And
2: Project, I would say Project
0: Runway. Oh, okay, okay. Can you have a guess?
1: about Top Model? I don't think Project Runway ever won.
0: It's The Amazing amazing Race, The Voice, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Top Chef.
3: Oh. Oh! I would have thought survivor would have been in there. Yeah. Huh, fascinating.
1: Moving on, number 4.
0: Number 4. I want to talk about news of the weird, James, and I wanted to start out with yours. You just posted this today, and I didn't know about it. Hundreds of thousands of birds falling from the sky in a mass die-on. What is happening?
1: Now well, come on. This has been happening for this has been happening for years. Birds just fall out of the sky, and fish too.
3: But not not in the numbers that we're seeing right now in the southwest of um, America. Due to the forest fires, is one of the is the is one of the reasons because birds are migrate having to change their migration path, and they can't go down the 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 coast anymore, which is where most of their food was. So they're having to go through New Mexico and Arizona, and they're they're burning up, and they are not able to eat, and they're falling from the sky. At a rate of a hundred thousand in the last um, couple of weeks, um, which is uh, the, the second largest, I think, in the nineteen twenties or something. There was something like five point six million that fell out of the sky one year. But this is on on track to be one of the big greatest um, disasters for you know the birds.
2: What was the cause in the in the nineteen twenties for that five point six million bird death?
3: I think there was like a there was a like a. a, a climate, like a, a cold snap or something is they were, I, I, I can't remember. I'll, well, we'll have to go back and reread the story. But, she um, is. but some of the quotes in the article are really
0: crazy. Aren't they read a, Read a couple of them about how, like, it's just, I collected over a dozen in just a two mile stretch in front of my house said Martha Desmond. Um, she said to see this and to be picking up these carcasses and realizing how widespread this is, is personally devastating. To see this many individuals and species dying is a natural tra- a national tragedy. She also said they're literally just feathers and bones. Oh. Yeah, and the, um- if that isn't crazy enough for you, Finn, how about a brain washing up on a beach? Oh, what? Yes. Yeah, um, it was in it was at Lake Michigan Tuesday morning in Wisconsin. A beachcomber out for his daily stroll came across a square package of aluminum full, and held together by a pink rubber band. Jimmy Senda says Curiosity got the best of him, so he opened the package to discover the gruesome content.
3: It was a human brain?
0: Yeah, well, it says Jimmy called the police to investigate, and the Racine County <laughs> medical examiner tells TMZ the brain is not human. Oh, okay. Their early take is it appears to be from a cat, but it's huge. Like, you should see a picture of it.
2: Well... No, thank you.
0: <laughs> I mean, and regardless, how did it end up wrapped up in aluminum foil and held together by a rubber band in Lake Michigan?
3: Would you remember a few years ago when all the feet were, were washing up in, um uh, was it Rockaway or something in New York? And it was something mm-hmm. like... um like dozens and dozens of human feet were washing up on shore and they couldn't figure out what it was. um, Did they ever figure it out?
2: It was a mafia, wasn't
3: it? There was a theory that it was a mafia or a serial killer, but then they also realized that when bodies were disintegrating, that if you had shoes on, that that kept the foot intact while the rest of the body sort of broke off and was fed by fishes. And so that's why the feet were washing ashore.
0: Well, that's this week's
3: news of the weird. Sentence. <laughs> I don't know
1: if I could take any more. <laughs> well, Have you
3: ever? I mean, it, it could just be someone's meal. I mean, have you ever, ever ever eaten brains before?
0: No, I've eaten brains before. Cow brains? I think I've had cow brains.
2: Yeah,
3: I mean,
0: I have heard like squirrel brains are like
3: a thing, and monkey <laughs> brains. I've 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 known lots of people who used to eat monkey
1: brains <laughs> back in the day. That was a big cause of, like, diseases spreading. I think uh, that's how Mad Cow started, wasn't it? Oh, yes, right. I think they would, like, slice the top. Oh, can we just move on, please?
3: (laughs) I'm going to bring it back up again. Number
1: three.
3: Number three. Um, I wanted to promote uh, um, a book that I've been reading. Fear is just a four-letter word. Um, How to develop the unstoppable confidence to own any room by Tracy Tudor, who is a beloved wow celebrity and star of uh, Million Dollar Listing Los Angeles. Uh, we've we've had her on the show here um, a couple times, and she's just she's just wonderful. I love her so much. Um, we should have her back on again. Um, she is a smart as a whip she is kick-ass she is funny she is stylish she's chic as shit i mean she's just i mean she just when she she does when she walks into a room she owns it and the book is is sort of a, a guide to life it um a lot of the it's about dealing with overbearing and obnoxious personalities both at work and in real life how to dominate them and put them under your thumb it's about how not to be freaked out or stressed out in high stress situations um it's about the five things you should find out about a person before you meet with them for a meeting um how to Mm -hmm. negotiate for the things that you want at work uh and um identifying was, difficult people, the, the different personality traits, so that you can um, work around them and work or to deal with them. And that's sort of where I am right now.
1: What was the biggest takeaway for you so far?
3: Pencil skirts and a, and a simple white blouse always work.
1: <laughs> so,
3: I, I just, um, it's on sale right now. And um, I think, like I said, we need to get her on the show because she is <laughs> – she has a lot to offer. And some of it is very funny because um, some of her problems are, uh, you know, do I take the $10 million uh, commission if, if the person is crazy? Like, you know, like not many people can afford to turn down a $10 million commission. Like, well, man. <laughs>
0: this is more of like a self-help book, like get through stress and help yourself with work. Yeah. And it's like a steamy tell-all about.
3: No, 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 no. But she does, you know. She talks a lot about a different clients that she's had over the years, and how she's managed to, you know, get to the top of of the the real estate ladder, and um, how she's managed to sort of dominate the show as she does. Wow. So she she does tell a
0: lot of insider scoop. I love a fierce bitch, and I think she is one. She
1: uh, is a fierce bitch. I'll tell you what. Can't wait to read it. Okay, we're gonna move on to number two. Number two, uh, this is James. I suppose I mentioned this has been New York Fashion Week. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jade, well, it opened. New York Fashion Week opened with uh, exclusive screening of the House of Pierre Cardin. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Fabulous documentary. I thought Pierre Cardin was dead. No, but... no,
3: he's still. And does he still live in that fabulous house on the Riviera? Yes. Want...
1: He's ninety-eight. He's still working, and he lives in that house on the Riviera that's like basically just all bubbles. Yeah, it's a a
3: series of spheres that are all connected together. Yes,
1: is
2: that movie? Is it? Is it not featured in the Absolutely Fabulous movie?
3: I think it is. The same house. Yeah. Yes, they they do a lot of fashion shows there still to this Mm -hmm, day. mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I also didn't realize he was. uh, He is. I mean, is Italian? He's not French. He's Italian, and he democratized couture. Like, yeah. they threw him out at the Couture Society or whatever it is because he did a ready-to-wear line for Printemps, the French uh, chain store. He discovered Gautier, Jean-Paul Gautier. Oh, okay, sure. Dark. Oh, my God. And you remember that cologne bottle? We should post a picture of it on the wear report. It's basically a penis, speaking of, you know. Um, very satisfying to look at. Um, and I he know that. A- I like what? that.
3: Yeah, well... <laughs> And yeah. wasn't one of the, it wasn't like Rudy Gernrich, one of his disciples as well, and Peggy, and he used Peggy Moffitt and all those '60s people that are so iconic.
1: Yes, and and very important putting diverse models on the runway and not yes. not sticking with white faces. He hired Asian models, African American models. Naomi Campbell's in it, of Naomi. course. Naomi.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he. uh I love the thing that he just did everything. He put his name on everything. He put it on plumbing. He put it on eyewear. He put uh, it on toasters, cars. That that idea of just branding the, the, the fuck out. That, wasn't that also sort of
3: like what happened with Halston, and it was also part of his downfall as well? Yes, where he yes but
1: Picard retained control of his business, and he never sold out to the luxury LVMH mm-hmm. conglomerates. He still owns his business today. He also opened a theatre because he said he he wanted, from age 80, he wanted to be an actor and he never got to be. So he opened his own theatre, the Espascada, and he had Alice Cooper perform (laughs) there during the school's out period. And And then he opened a festival in Marquis de Sade's Castle in the South. I mean, this guy is incredible. And, you know, men normally just conk out before women, but he is fabulous. Oh, this is great. He stunningly good looking as a young as a young man. And he says as much. He says in the documentary, I was very beautiful. I came to Paris. Everyone wanted to sleep with me. (laughs) So he put himself as a model in his own campaigns and wore his own clothes. And he was very avant garde, you know, like reinvented the dinner jacket, did a a sort of black tie, which was without without a shirt or a collar. I can't remember. The Nehru collar, I
3: think, was his thing. Right. Yeah.
1: They we went to Maxim's, and they wouldn't let him in because he was wearing one of his own creations. You know what he did? He bought Maxim's. Max <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. It was really that's good. Funny. I can't record it enough. It's by um, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh god, uh, David Ebersole and Todd Hughes, who did the, the lovely documentary about Cher's mum. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. I'll
0: mm-hmm. so well, check that out. Who is also 98, and she looks like a day over 58. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, because um, when you
3: think of uh, in the 70s, Halston, Ralph Lauren, and Calvin Klein all started putting themselves in their own ads. And then Donatella, you know, does famously does. So he probably was the one, the, the first to do that. That's fascinating.
1: Isn't it just? Let's take a break. Tonight is the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas Review. Tune in, 8 p.m. VH1. And when we come back. The number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy.
0: You're listening to World of Wonders, Wow Report. Things that make us go wow.
1: And welcome back to The Wow Report. We've been counting down the top ten things that make us go wow. We've wow. <laughs> we reached number one. Number one. And Jeffrey, you are number one. Again, you are number ten and number one. You're the alpha, you're the omega, you're the A. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, you take it. But so you got a movie. Spiral. Yes. Yes. Well, I know, I
3: believe- I've seen the um the the trailer for it. It looks absolutely spectacular. It's very spooky. Tell us, tell us, give us the plot line. Give us the give us the pitch.
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness! So it's a psychological thriller about a family who's a same sex couple who moves to a small town to raise their sixteen year old daughter, and things are not quite as they seem. It's set uh-huh. in the nineteen nineties in Middle America and i think that it's just it fits perfectly in with the theme of this episode because there has there's some some dark sinister cult elements to it but really um it's an exploration of uh my character whose name malik it's his it's an exploration of his uh, his his him dealing with trauma something that something really horrific that happened to him in his youth and how it's continued to play out and affect him in his adult life and he is the sole person of color in this film surrounded by white folk in white spaces and it's you know with his white partner it's a it's a story or a you know just kind of shines a light on how we as as people of color specifically black folk are constantly facing being gaslit and, um, you know, being, having to deal with microaggressions, even from the people who we love the most. So it's it's a really heartbreaking tale of um, oppression, but it's it was just such, it was such a phenomenal project to make. I shot it like two years ago. It's like my third horror project, which is so bizarre to me because I am <laughs> such, uh, I am so sensitive and I cannot watch horror movies to save you're my th- life. Honey.
3: You are the new, the, the latest, you're the new Jamie Lee Curtis. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, well, tell me the so it's sort of like a gay get out. Right. Correct.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. It's been, it's and the
3: reason why it's set in the '90s, what what was different about the '90s as far as the microaggressions and, and the the prejudice and things like that, is was that the reason it's set in the '90s because things have changed, or what?
2: well, not much has changed, and I think that really plays into the title of the film that is just a spiral that it's just if there's there's always something that society is afraid of. There's always some group of people that we will vilify and kind of pile on to, whether it's queer people or black folk or Muslim folk or whatever it may be. That element of otherness is something that is so deeply misunderstood in our society. And generally what we are afraid of uh, is what we miss, most misunderstand, you know? So it, it, was, it comes out. What
3: was the, the fact that you had a 16 year old daughter? Is that something that was very different in the 90s? Was that the reason? I mean, is that something that it plays into it?
2: It definitely plays into the story. And I think it's just, you know, it shows uh, how how deeply fucked up. The you know uh, the society's view was especially I mean it is today but especially in the nineties of a gay couple raising a right. child and the challenges that come along with that so
0: yeah it, it premiered last night on Shutter
2: it premiered last night on Shutter and I think it'll be playing in some in some uh, drive-in theaters around Los Angeles as well but it's a really really phenomenal film I'm so so proud of it and I really hope that it resonates with folk and that people really enjoy it as much as I loved making it
3: and who are who are the yeah, other actors so in it.
2: Uh, Lachlan Monroe is in it with me. He's from Riverdale. If you saw his face, you would know him from a bajillion different projects. But, you know, the fun thing about this is that it was an independent thriller. So, so many of the cast are kind of, you know, relatively unknowns. There's some familiar faces that you will see that have popped up in different thrillers and, you know, different genre films uh, over the past couple of decades. But it's a really fresh face cast and it's really, it's fascinating. Fenton has seen it. He got a sneak peek of it last year.
1: I had seen it and I loved it. I was like, I mean, I think you're such a great actor, anyway, Jeffrey. But I thought such a moving, compelling. I mean, it was like a spiral, and you sort of. um, It sounds sort of
3: Hitchcockian, like uh...
1: it's and it's it's sort of it's not it's not dour. It's just creepy, and Mm -hmm. sort of it's that note that I think we're seeing again and again in the culture now that feels so on point and so Mm -hmm. just. Chillingly resonant with, with with what with what's going on with Black Lives Matter and and the whole social media because there is this sort of and 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 the, the, this idea that you know we're all in our bubbles and in this sort of satanic cold and it, it's just mm-hmm. it's very very timely I think yeah um, yeah it absolutely is and very well, I hope, it, well I hope everybody enjoys it no a wait, wait, wait hold on down down
3: there to see Lachlan Monroe I wanted which which one is he. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and well, mean- that's all we've got time for this week. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us again.
0: Anytime. Uh, thank you so much for having
1: me. For- yeah, you'll be back again and again and again. Absolutely. James, miss you. Lovely to see you. Thank um, you. And, and Blake. you, guys. I miss all of you. Yeah, me Ditto. Too. Same time, same place next week. Until then, go out, wear a mask, don't lick things and do something that makes the world go wow. wow.